Welcome to the podcast. In episode four of Beyond the Rim, we continue our conversation with Michelle Deloso, founder of the Rim to Rim Club and RimToRim.org. This is the second part of our conversation, recorded back in October of 2020. I can't believe it's been over a year since we originally recorded, and I am sorry for taking so long to get this episode out. Maybe later we'll do an episode discussing the delay and giving an update on our plans. But for now, under the adage, better late than never, here is part two of the interview with Michelle Deloso. Hope you enjoy. This is Sergio. And this is Drew. Two friends exploring the outdoors. And preparing to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Join us as we go. Beyond the Rim. Real quick, I have a funny connection that when you were talking about um, softball. And so Sergio and I went on a hike this morning and we're, we're super excited because the Padres beat the Cardinals last night in the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wild card. <laughs> yeah. So we're baseball fever here in San Diego. And, but I was a, I was a first baseman. So when I was in Little League, I love first base. So when you were talking about Sandy being your first baseman, I, I get it. I'm right there. So I was telling Sergio, he's got to get a glove and we're going to start playing. <laughs> and so now, uh, and so I'll be, I'll be Sergio's first baseman. That's <laughs> awesome. Literally, That's right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And also what struck me is, um, you know, Drew and I have only been friends probably about a year. Our friendship doesn't go too long back. Uh, we've met through my wife and uh, he's a co-worker of my wife and that's how we met. And we sort of slowly, we're both, I, I wouldn't call us antisocial, but I think we're both sort of on the shy end of things. And um, we just happened to be randomly seated next to each other uh, at this school function that, that their school was having. And uh, that's how we met. It was just by accident. And we run, randomly started talking about podcasts. And little did we know, about a year and a half later, here we are. We're growing our friendship as we're getting ready to do this epic hike. And uh, <laughs> it's just another way of, you know, how nature, you know, ha- has brought us and how all these different connections, you know, um, that we're making along the way, you know, it's all from a, a, a brief instant, like so many things in life. You just make one split, you know, second choice decision, go, not go kind of thing. And then next, you know, uh, all this cascade of things has happened that, that you never could have seen happening. And um, yeah, like we're getting to be really close friends and we have all these conversations out on the trails and we, we talk about books and we talk about, you know, philosophical things and we're I think we were trying to make the point on 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 our podcast it's like we're just regular guys we're just we have no experience we have no interest in except to just sort of document what we're going through and also just to let people know that you don't have to be some elite athlete you can just get that calling and find a way to make it happen if you really want to and in doing so we're growing this this really great friendship that um, at least for me it's always been hard to to make those connections and um, it's just another positive that's coming from getting ready to do this hike you know like that ability to learn to rely on each other and know your limits um, and you know your likes and dislikes and sort of find ways to kind of mesh because you're when you're out there you kind of want to you want to know uh, that you can depend on this person right that's um, it that you, 
they're going to be looking out for you and you're going to be looking out for them and, and get that uh, great experience out of it, you know, as well. So yeah, uh, just a lot of great little connections that uh, we're all noticing as we kind of go along, which is great. Well, and that's why you picked like, like the greatest, I believe it's the greatest hike in the world. I will, I'm adamant about stating that because it's just that you don't have to be a mountaineer, you know, endurance, ultra hiker, climber to, to do, to do this hike. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love it so much. You don't have to take a leave of absence from your work, from your family, yet the preparation for the hike enables you to have that brotherhood bond if you want to train with someone or you can train alone. Like it kind of opens that window of opportunity to kind of just grow as a human being, right? In in whatever capacity you want to grow in, whether it's friendship, you know, sharing insights on the trail, the trail does that to you. And that's why I'm such an advocate of, you know, getting others outdoors and active. I think if I could give anyone the prescription right now to get through this pandemic, besides, you know, wearing a mask and being respectful of others and the common things that seem, you know, to unfortunately be dividing us, um, the trail teaches us. It's, it's the same respect. You know, you yield to an uphill climber, right? It's, the trail is, Thank it's, you. Such a, it's such a <laughs> metaphor right now, right? It's like, it's like, let's just, let's just get people on the trail and they'll learn so much and they'll come out with this perspective and you take it into life, right? So that's what's so cool about the hike, both the preparation, the actual hike itself. And then when you come out of it, the perspective, it, it, I wouldn't say it changes you in a way that, <sighs> You know, for some it's profound, but for others it, it might just be you're more aware. You know, you're you're you're. It's like when I come back from my van trips, and I have running water again, and I have power, and I have a flushing toilet. I appreciate it so much more. And sometimes we need to unplug from the things that we take for granted to really reconnect with the things that we shouldn't be taking for granted. And one is friendship and being present with other human beings. And the Canyon, again, it forces you to do that because you don't have cell phone service down there, you know? And I think when I go back to my hikes, it's, I love it. Right. Cause I, I have an SOS, a little, you know, emergency device that I have, I've had on all my hikes in case uh, I need to call in an emergency for myself or others, especially if I'm hiking solo, it's important to have that. Um, but I love the disconnect of, not, you know, my friends know where I'm at. I check in, but just being present. And um, it's very respectful to do that with another, to have the manners to do that. And that's cool that you guys have that right now. Cause that's, again, it's what, it's another gift that the, the trail gives you, but the Canyon will command it. <laughs> you'll just be like, there's no other place you'll want to be when you guys are in there. You're going to be like looking at each other and being like, dude, come on. Like, that's just, <laughs> It's, I can't explain it. I get goosebumps every time I, I mean, I'm like a child, you guys, when I roll up and I say, I'm not going to hike down to the river till tomorrow. And I hike and I get there and there's days that I've just got, I literally parked the van and I've gone down to Phantom and then up Bright Angel in the, in the same day I've driven five hours from Southern Utah. I'm like a kid. It's like putting me back on the 
softball field. <laughs> like, but but I've, I've, I'm, I'm always in, I was always in that shape to do it. So I also want to preface that, you know, it, I, I always say the van and me are always ready for our hike, our canyon hikes. Now, as I get older, I might think differently about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's just fun. I love it. I love that you guys are training together and I, I try to stay silent because I just, I can't wait for you to do the hike. I can't wait oh. to hear you take on it. Having done it so many times and have having done so many variations of it, 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 I mean, it sounds like you're, you just said it, you know, you still feel like a kid, you know, doing it. What, what is, what is it about the hike that keeps it new, I guess, for you every time, or that has maintained that same level of elation every time you do it? What, what would you say contributes to that? I, I think it's the Grand Canyon literally below the rim, right? Because when you're up top, it's, it's one thing, and not that that doesn't take your breath away, it will. It's the respect that you have for it. Um, you, you know the difficulty of it, you know, the elevation gain, whether you're coming up North Kaibab and you're, you know, you're at 5781 elevation gain, or you're going up South Kaibab, you have no water, no shade, um, pretty significant, you know, elevation gain, the Colorado river. It's just that, that epic vastness of the Canyon that you're in it and you're just like, and then the box and the heat extremes and just everything that created it to the spiritual side. It's just, I have such respect for it. I mean, it's just, it's such, and then think, yeah, I always, I love empathy because it causes one to walk in the shoes of another. Imagine having a website for 10 years that you've, you've been the moderator of every story of every hiker and especially every question that's come in or whatever it is, I've been on the other end of it. Right. So I get a hunger to go out there, right? Because I'm moderating, you know, approving the comments, listening to the stories, listening to the questions. So I'm in my head trying to answer it, reflecting on, okay, this is the best scenario for this person. Park here, do this, that, right? So I get that ache of like, I want to get out there, <laughs> you know, like, and when I'm out there, it's just me. It's just, I get to just be Michelle, you know, and I just get to be present as somebody that respects it, loves it, and just... I get held by it. I mean, I have a relationship with these canyons. I mean, I know Drew, we had talked about answering the question of why I moved to Southern Utah and I can parlay into that. Um, I live very close to the canyons. Okay. So I live in just outside of St. George, Utah. And I came out here in 05, 2005 on a calling. And it literally, it was profound like I was biking and I heard the words move here. And ever since then, I've had a love and appreciation for canyons. And it's that warmth, especially desert canyons, because the extremes, the temperatures, the dryness, the, the thirst for, I mean, that's the one thing, you know, with the canyon, you, you know, the water, to have a water source to have drinking water on this hike and to have that availability and to know that you've got to check those stops. And again, it's like, you appreciate that. Like, wow, I only have to carry this, but I got my backup. And, but yet you're realizing you're in the desert. Like it's, it's just, it's again, respect for the elements, but then on the flip side, it's just this love that the canyons offer. I can't, I can't explain it till you're in them. 
like mm -hmm. it's it's just this great big hug like i got you <laughs> I just and where, your heart. yeah where did you live before you came out west i was in atlanta so i'm I, I I don't want to say I'm totally an East Coast girl, but I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, and then I went to school in South Carolina, but I've had to move lots of times for my career. I moved 22 times in a period uh -huh. of, <laughs> of, you know, about 17 years from when I left on a scholarship to play softball. Um, just a lot of traveling. And when I landed here, um, I am non-denominational. But I had felt like the Lord called me here to, to this place and knew that I was going to need, I was going to need this, this love of the canyons. You know, I had no idea my parents would pass um, the, the battles that I'd have to face with that, their health and et cetera. Um, and I, I just listened to a calling in 05, like move here. And I did, and I adjusted some things and, then I really got into hiking. I used to be the person that looked at the covers of the outdoor magazines, right? And they're so inspiring. And I'm like, well, I want to live those covers. I don't want to look at them. I want to live them. I want to live those trails. So I kind of had a list in 2001 when I flew to Australia. I was flying over there to support my, uh, some of my Olympic athletes, my endorsement athletes when I was at Louisville Slugger. And uh, I made a bucket list in 2001 and I've completed that bucket list. And one of the wow. key items was being close to a trail where I don't have to take artificial means of transportation. And I have that here. I can walk to my trails. I can bike to my trails. I could drive if I want, but I have the choice. And that's critical in life is to have that choice and that freedom. So it's a gift. You mentioned the warmth and the and the hug and just having that awareness of being reliant on, I guess, the environment and yourself, you know, simultaneously. Is that a sense of having to rely both on yourself and on Mother Nature that kind of makes it feel that rewarding or that connected that kind of gives you that everything that you're looking for in that experience? It's you can find it there in a canyon. Is that something? Uh, that's it. That's it. Is is I can find it. Like when when people ask me, like, well, how did you? process the loss of your mother because the loss of my mother was instrumental in my life it was devastating I lost her three years after my father to lung cancer um and and it was just her and I out here okay so imagine moving your parents out here to be their caregiver as your dad is declining in health and you lose him first I lost my dog in 09 and then my dad in 010 and then my mother becomes ill late 2012 and I lose her in 2013. And then in the midst of that, I lost my gig. My, our budgets got cut at Adidas. So I kind of lost my gig as well. Um, and my health, I had started having some health battles. So to most, it's like, you just lost everything, right? Like you're, you're, you're yeah, like a lot, right? Like all the triggers of, 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 of life and, 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 and a couple parting of, 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 uh, a friendship and et cetera in there and, and significant other. And, and it's like, you know, the trail to me is, is that's where my faith kicks in. So that's where I'm like, well, the Lord's my best friend. Like I wouldn't be given anything that I couldn't handle right now. So beyond knowing physically that the canyons always delivered that these Canyon hikes and 
the canyons in general in my in my area like I can just pick up and go walk to one now and hike tonight or I can get to the the north rim you know in in less than three hours or Bryce or Zion or you know Zion in an hour I added a van to that so I can leave quickly and just if I need to just feel like I need to be free and I can do that but beyond that when I was a youngster and this is dating me (laughs) But back when we used to put like paperback book covers on our books, uh, (laughs) I used to write the words Arizona. And this gives, this will give you goosebumps because this is what a calling is. And I would write it. And I thought it was that I wanted to go play softball there because they were always the best of the best UCLA, Arizona, Arizona state. So I said, I want to go to Arizona. I want to play with the best. And unfortunately I wasn't recruited by them, but I ended up did, I did play against them and, ended up reaching that, that level in softball. But I knew deep in my soul at a young age, I'm talking 12 years old, that I had this, this calling about Arizona, right? And that I, I didn't realize it until I hiked and built the club that this was predetermined. It was a predetermined calling that I was supposed to do something, something in Arizona that was special. And beyond the hike itself and, and the many hikes after that served its purpose in my life for me, spiritually, think about losing everything in your life. And I've never been a depressed person. I am the most optimistic human being that you'll meet. But I just <laughs> lost everything, you know? And as a woman, I had had a full hysterectomy. So I was already going through changes in my early 40s going, what is all this? Like, what, 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 what am I, you know? That's where sense of purpose came in. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just put all my energy into this club and helping all these people. And there were nights, you guys, when I was crying myself to sleep, you know, after the loss of my mom and somebody would come in with a rim to rim question and they would just, it would just lift my spirit. Like, well, that's something I can help with, (laughs) you know? So like Uh it, it literally then became so evident how my life was, was scripted and that we all have this you know, this ability to honor our callings and our purpose if, if we're present enough. And, and to answer that, Sergio, beyond just what the canyon gives us, the canyon will, will teach us that. Like, you're, if you're hiking solo and you have these, I hike regularly, I walk regularly, you'll have those quiet moments to know yourself better than anyone. I know myself in the seven years that my mom has passed and I've hiked so much of my life, and so many of my answers were found out there and so much of my healing. I call them warrior walks. I replayed back my movie and not many people get to do that at I'm 51. Now um, I played back the movie so many times that I don't, I've no, I've the bucket list is complete. I don't have questions that need to be answered. And that's, what's really cool about the gift of it is like, you don't need to go necessarily to, a vice that's not good for you. If you open your heart, the answers are out there. Mm. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about, you know, my love and respect for the canyons, the trail, mother nature is that it, it, it provides. So a couple connections. I grew up in Arizona, so that, that was just hearing you. you hey. know, so that, yeah. <laughs> and my first canyon that I remember, we used to go to this place called Oak Creek Canyon. 
Yes. Right? So yeah, it's a famous, famous spot in, in AZ and it's, uh, it's where Sedona is. Yes. Um, so I have pictures Beautiful. of myself as a toddler, you know, scrambling in the, in the creek. What is it about canyons as a landscape? What do they do to us? Because there's this, I'm, I'm drawn into them also. And, and I've, I've done mountaineering, I've done rock climbing, and I've done, you know, long treks. And by far, my favorite is being in a canyon. And so I've, been, I've really been chewing on this lately, you know, once that <laughs> question came. So for me, one of the things I feel like is those canyon walls, I feel like it's almost like an oven or like mirrors. They just bounce your energy back at you and, and whatever you're going through, it magnifies it. I don't know if that rings true to you at all. It's almost like you, you go inward and whatever you're working on, there's no escaping it. It carves your soul. No, that's a great, that's it. It carves just the way it's been carved it, with the elements. You're carved if, if, if you open to it. And, and that works like it is a reflection, right? Is you have to face, it, it does make you kind of face whatever it is like, it's, it's, it's like looking in the mirror and then, and then the warmth of it, the energy of it, it, yeah, it's hard to articulate, isn't mm-hmm. it? Cause you, you feel it. It's like, it's, we're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many are like the Canyon's calling and well, I'm like, I'm, I know. That's <laughs> why I live right near one is I get it. You know, like I, I feel like the Canyon that I live near, it's my soulmate, you know? And I, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm in love with it. Like it's, I'm in a relationship with it because I go to it like that. Uh, you know, the Canyon right by my house is Snow Canyon State Park. And that's where my calling was. And I can go there and then I'm the best version of myself. Right. Like no matter what's going on in the world, no matter no, what news was just delivered, no matter what blow that was just thrown at me, if I go in that park, and sometimes I've gone into it when I, you know, I had events here and I had to speak to 10,000 girls. I, you're exactly right. I go in there, I get the inspiration, the energy, everything that is good. It just elevates the better together. And I wish we all have that. Like, that's what I wish for everyone in life, that we're always around people that we're better together with. And I always tell my friends, like, whether I'm sending them a picture of you know, me biking up the canyon or just coming off a hike, like I'm good. You know, the ones that worry that I'm out here by myself, I'm like, I'm good. I was in my canyon, you know? Um, yeah, that's, it's special, right? And the Grand Canyon, because it's so epic, but that I try to teach people like from what I learned, right? Like, well, it's just like the post. I know you guys have, have followed some of my posts, but it was the sunrise I caught. Um, two weeks ago in Colorado, I was out in my van, could self, you know, be self-contained in my van during this pandemic. And I caught the most beautiful sunrise. And I'm like, it doesn't matter where it's at, does it? Cause so many people want to know, where were you? Where were you? Where was that? Like, doesn't matter, does it? it? It shouldn't matter. It's just like, look at that sunrise. Like it's free, like go get it, right? That's kind yeah. of how I feel about these, these things like in our backyard is like, I, I'm in the right place. Like. I don't have that desire to live right next to the Grand Canyon. I never have. I, I know when to go there. I try to go at least once a year. But my, you know, my trek, my comfort, my true unguarded self is in the canyon right by my house. And, and then when I go to the big canyon, it's the respect, it's the euphoria of it. But that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to spread in a good way is like, again, it goes back to that, that ooh, with social media is like, 
a lot of those people are chasing your, your attention. And when you learn to go within and you do the warrior walks, you won't need their photos. You won't need that because it's in some ways, it's like a, a, a manip, manipulation or a jealousy. Like, look where mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to be that person, nor do I want the club to have that presence of like, look, look what, where we, where we just were. I always use we, but it's, it's always my posts or sometimes I say we, but it's, you know, like we just got back from, you know, like, <laughs> but it's usually just, it's me, right? Like I just, you know, it's like an inspiration. Like it's something that maybe just to make someone's day, right? Like some, in a world of so much neg negativity, I hope that I make someone's day. There's, there's that wish sometimes that I, I don't ever have to be on social media ever. Um, and I just have the website and everybody else kind of just share stuff. That's kind of a secretive wish. But I've, you know, I've committed to it for the sake of the club is that, okay, I'll get on here and do what I've been called to do. And that's inspire. And, but I, I, I wouldn't say that I love it. I love social media because I think that we should all be, we should be our own influencers and listening to our own voices. And that's what we get from the Canyon. I want to go back to something you said. You talked about, um, you call it your warrior walk. And you t I think you said like you replay your movie. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. My life is story. It, mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that kind of a ritual for you that you do when you go on the hike? It just happens. I, I've done so much solo hiking. I prefer it, to be honest with you. Um, what about solo hiking do you prefer? The, the time with my soul, the, the, the one time that I can unplug from someone else's opinion. Um, I knew when I, when I was going through the difficult time of losing my parents and some of the other adversities, everyone wanted to offer an opinion, whether it was the time to mourn the methodology of, you know, you should do this or whatever. I, I just, I'm not a person that wants that influence. I'm, I, I usually ask a question when I, again, the same friend I mentioned before, like, I pretty much already know my answer if I'm asking you a question. It's just kind of making you, you know, aware that, you know, you're my friend and I'm still going to do it. But, you know, I, I just think that it's critical to have that alone time, that soul time. And everyone's different. But I notice that because I, I get the constructive criticism because I, you know, people think I'm an extrovert because I've been out public speaker, motivational, worked for big brands, elite athlete, right? Like I've had to kind of be in a role of being a spokesperson for as a brand ambassador for, you know, uh, Nike years ago as an athlete, uh, I've been called to speak at events. But there's this other side of me that's introverted that likes her alone time, kind of set in her ways, like, and that's what I get out there right? is like, I, I get that. And I notice as I get older, I crave more and more of that time. doesn't mean that I don't enjoy being around people. I do, but it's like all things in moderation. It's, it's, I've done so much work on myself out there that sometimes I find it difficult to come back into society. I know that's a deep kind of philosophical statement, but I think we we take it we take advantage of of the time of others. I think manners have been lost somewhere along the way with with technology and the and the cell phone. That even when I'm around people, if they're always on their phones, I feel like my time. You know, like it's it's just 
it's just not how we were raised. Right. And when I'm out in nature, I can be completely present. Like I'm, I'm just listening. And in the, in the listening comes the lessons from kind of that, that mother nature, that wisdom, that it's such a, it's such a gift. And it's like, you know, if you've never hiked solo or spent time alone or, you know, I know people that they can't be alone at all. Like they, they have to have music on in the background and, and I'm not here to judge. I, I will not judge another human being, but life is going to get difficult at a point, right? You're going to go through losses and I've been through pretty much the bucket of losses and there's going to be a time when you're not always going to be around someone else and you're going to have to figure it out and it's going to be deep stuff. And I feel that there's been a gift in, in, in hiking solo to answer that question. And, uh, so there's good, there's like, I process it out there, but there's also, um, just that like reflection of your movie of like, maybe in the chapter, you guys, when I was so busy for so many years working in various capacity and various roles, I maybe get to play back that segment I missed. Does that make sense? Like, oh, when I was like traveling 50,000 miles a year doing events and working for this, like I can now like maybe come back to something I missed because I'm, I'm giving myself permission to play back the movie. And I think we all deserve a chance to do that is to play back our life while we're healthy, while, while, while we have the chance to kind of make wrongs, right. Maybe we overlooked people or, you know, last year when my health was not so great, I, I made, I made it a conviction. It was mandated that I get back East to go see all my friends and just thank them, you know, and get to know their families and not that I haven't, but really just, get back there in a, in a role that, you know, it wasn't going back for like a induction into the hall. You know, like I went back two years ago for the three years ago for my book launch four years ago, then the hall of fame. Like, it's like, no, I'm here just to be with you guys and just to sit and be present. Well, lo and behold, a year later, we're in a pandemic. We can't all really travel and see each other. Um, my aunt passed. I knew to go see her. I knew the tug, you know, um, I, you know, like, couple of people have had some health issues. That's how I think, you know, I wish that we all lived is that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we just, we just are aware of others too. Like we're aware of ourselves. We've worked it out to where not everything is about us. And then we come into society with others. We're very present with them. I was, I was asking you about rituals because that, that's something I've been thinking about too, is like how I have this huge respect for the, for the canyon and for the, you know, for Native Americans that who used to inhabit the canyon and for just the na- spirit of nature in general. It sounds like you definitely go into it with respect in your heart. Are there any, do you have any like gestures or rituals or, or kind of like little actions you take to show respect? Or is it all just something you kind of keep in your, in your heart and in your mind? I, the latter. It's, it's just, it's just being, by being present and respecting it. And obviously all the walks before me, um, there is one ritual I do do when I'm at the North Rim. Um, I do go out on the transept trail, which is up on the rim. 
Um, there used to be a beautiful wood bench there, but over time it um, deteriorated and they have like a, uh, it's a log now, a tree that was down. You can sit, but they put a picnic table. That doesn't fit, right? But I think the park service was doing the best they could to replace the, the beautiful wooden bench. And I will sit there every year that, that I go out there and just, I pray, I pray on everyone that is about to embark on the hike that they have a safe journey. So that's the one ritual to answer your question. And then on my own hikes, it's, it's literally just receiving uh, what, what is given to me. And each time it's different, it's just, there's just things that, that, you know, I either share in a post an epiphany. Usually that's what I'm given is an epiphany and insight or, uh, or there's personal things that just, it's, it's the gift that, you know, I just say thank you and kind of show that gratitude then, you know, back to, to protecting it. And, and then as well, you know, when I'm out there, I think we've, we had talked about this last week, um, being aware of others, right? Like when you're on that trail, the thing that you'll realize is once you go below about two miles on whether, whatever route you take, once you're about two miles in, you'll start moving away from just the day hikers. Right. And, um, you'll realize when you're running into other rim to rim hikers, being aware of being a trail, uh, trail angel out there, you know, and I've, I've been in that role a couple times where, um, I, I don't want people to think I'm always so just philosophical out there that I'm, there's like a cloud behind me of thought. Um, I'm also well aware of others when I'm on the trail and if there's any difficulty that I'm witnessing or, um, because you'll, you'll sometimes come across that. So again, that comes to, to being present is like acknowledging other hikers, showing that etiquette, yielding, seeing if someone's struggling, seeing if they need something and, uh, kind of being that, that trail angel out there, like, Hey, are you doing okay? And, um, you know, there's been some times when I've had to help some hikers and, um, I was glad that I had, you know, the resources in my, in my pack to do that. So that's also, you know, pretty cool to be able to do out there as well by being present. So it's such a well-marked trail that that's the one thing that I will share is, is it's very difficult to get lost out there. And that's again, why, why it's such a great hike is because, um, there's sometimes you don't have epic, epic treks like that. You know, you really have to pay attention to markers and, um, this hike, you can kind of get lost emotionally, which is good, right? Like you kind of drift off in your thoughts, but, but, but you have the trail so marked ahead of you, it enables you to do that. And that's kind of the gift of it. That was part two of our conversation with Michelle Deloso. Stay tuned for the third and final part in which Michelle gives us her recommendations and advice for preparing to hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Until next time, remember to go beyond the rim in your own life, whatever that means to you, and try to leave it better than you found it. Thanks for listening.